and there's still time. Welcome to episode 58 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And as you can probably hear from the wonderful air conditioning and background noise, this is another BC Place post-game podcast. Yes, the LA Galaxy and the Vancouver Whitecaps faced off today and it ended up in a 2-2 draw. And I have to say, Steve, right up until the Whitecaps got that first goal, I just never saw that coming. I just never saw the Whitecaps getting anything out of this. Well, it, it, it looked dire at a couple points because of the fact that the, the Whitecaps, especially the first half, the first half, they just didn't seem like to have anything going. They got a couple of chances here and there, but it was nothing that was built up as more of a, like a counterattack. So they really didn't build up anything. And the, and the Galaxy basically controlled the play for the most part in that first half. Yeah, I think ultimately it was a really good point for the for the Whitecaps to get. And yeah, the stats at halftime were a little bit strange because the, the Whitecaps were leading possession. I think it was something like 59% to 41. They were leading in shots. But from watching the game, LA just seemed to be, to me, dominating that game. And I think they, they deservedly went in at the half 1-0 in the lead. Yeah, it was it was they were controlling the play. It felt like the center backs, the, both Demerit and O'Brien, had difficulty dealing with Donovan and Keane. They they were seemed to always be going to the ground, and and exposing like, and obviously O'Brien, as we know, picked up a yellow card very early, thirty two seconds into the match or something like that. Yeah, I mean that that. But when you get booked that early in a game, it's and against a, it neuters you essentially. Yeah. And against an attack as dangerous as LA, it's like you're you're struggling because it's like you've got to be on. Like top of your game for the remaining 89 and a half minutes. So to me, it was no surprise that they, that they took O'Brien off at the half. Although at first we thought maybe he was injured or whatever, but it makes sense. And Robinson confirmed after the game that, yeah, he did take him off because of that early booking. Yeah, because uh, you look at the previous Colorado game, you know, Lava got that second yellow and it obviously hurt them in that game. So I guess he didn't want to take any chances at all. And like you said, against an attack like that, there is going to be difficulty staying on on their feet and if you go down you're going to accidentally pick something and Petrescu was very picking on almost everything that was like close to being a foul like there were a couple plays where Robbie Keane didn't even get close to being hit on the head and he, he called a foul on that it was just very very picky call well, well Keane does sell those kind of things really yeah. well I mean he's one of the best in, the, in MLS at doing that early on when LA were attacking it did look like a goal was going to come at any minute I felt 
or that they had the capability to score just whenever they, they got a chance. And there was there was a couple of moments like I thought Betashur had a good game, but there was a couple of times early on he was left with two men to mark. I don't know what had happened with the midfielders tracking back. It should have been Kofi at that point because Kofi was on the right side. Last week we saw how well the two-man shield played. Obviously Carroll went for a 4-4-2 diamond formation this week, which just left Laba there, and I think they missed having that second guy back there. Yeah, I think that, that made a big difference. Maybe the 4-4-2 just doesn't work with two strikers like Keane and Donovan. you got to have that extra guy back there. But the problem is is we don't know how effective Laba would have been if he was playing with a partner because, like we said before, he doesn't seem to play well with a partner. Yeah, he seems to like can do better when, when he's playing on his own. And like Tiber had a poor game after all the, the press that he was doing this week and how LA was the team that he plays well against, etc., etc. He He's kind of stunk in that first half and got taken off. I wouldn't say stunk, but yeah, he didn't. He did, it wasn't the same player that he was before. Well, maybe stunk's a bit harsh, yeah. yeah. But he, yeah, he he didn't look the same player, and he didn't stand out, and he didn't have that presence that he had last week. And you're talking about uh, no midfielder was covering for uh, for Bettersher because he was marking two. But if you look at the first goal, that was Dan Gargan sending that in, and Dan Gargan being a right back, it was Russell Tyrus' man essentially. And Gargan had so much time to send that cross into that far post. Well, both goals came from that right wing. Yeah. And it's like the left-back position was exposed. And I know in that second half in particular, you were like yelling as much as you're allowed to yell in the press box. You were yelling at Jordan Harvey. It was a soft yell. Yeah, because you just kept saying that he was getting sucked in, and he was. Yeah, and well, let's talk about the first goal uh, in that case. Uh, A lot of ball watching, you have to admit that. Oh, yeah. It was a lovely worked goal, though. They were following the trajectory of the ball. Gargan sends it into the far post. Everybody follows the ball to that far post almost. He's, he heads it right back into the middle. Ishizaki, completely free header, had no chance. Harvey almost got to it, but obviously the ball was just too much for him and it just went in the net. But there's just too much ball watching there. And Ishizaki is like a guy that you hadn't heard much of about before. Now he's haunting your dreams. Yes. He seems to, to play well against the he's, Whitecaps. He's playing so well that I actually know what, he's, what his name is. <laughs> And it was, a, it was a nicely worked goal. I, I thought they did it well. It's the kind of thing I want to see the Whitecaps doing more, like having some kind of aerial prowess. And we just have nothing, none of that at all. And then uh, coming out of this, coming in the second half, we, we talked about it earlier, two substitutions. I think the earliest subs Robinson's ever made at half time. Well, no, Morales came oh, on right. at half against Chivas. Right, right. But yeah, to, to make a double two substitution, double sub, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's a bold thing to do. And it could have backfired because you if you don't know if you then have to make your other sub early, which he did. He, he made it just before the midway point of the half. And then injuries or anything could happen and you don't know if you've got the right personnel in the field, which we'll, we'll come to as well. But it was a bold decision. Ultimately, I, I guess it paid off because once again, Kakuta Mane was a difference maker as a substitute. Um, but it didn't initially pay off because those first uh, 15 minutes or so... The Galaxy still controlled the bulk of the play. They might not have had as much possession, but they, they kind of settled the ball down. They were the ones... Keane almost went up, uh, put them up 2 nothing from a strike where just missed the, the far well, post. Yeah, well, there was there was the two chances in about the space of two or three minutes that just whizzed past that yeah. left post. One from Keane, one from Gargan, I think it was. Yeah. And the Whitecaps had been taking the game to L.A., they were enjoying the ball more, but they didn't look like doing anything. And LA were just constantly showing you how dangerous they could be. 
But the the good thing from a Whitecaps point of view is they withheld and they withstood that pressure and they didn't cave in, they didn't let in the second goal. And then that was when the substitutions kind of started to pay off. But yeah, I agree with you initially. It didn't seem that they were going to be the substitutions that mattered. But then, of course, one of them was lever on. And that was just a tactical substitution in, in case they, they tried to, to to expose Andy O'Brien and get him sent off. Yeah. The, 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 luckily, though, the Whitecaps did respond. Like you said, eventually it did pay off. It was a, a, it was af- actually after the Hurtado a substitution because he they basically used all three subs by the sixty, I think it was sixty second minute, sixty fifth minute, sixty fifth and then and then basically by the sixty seventh minute there was a it was a confusion between uh, Leonardo and Pineda that led to that first goal by Maddox. But I have to say, and I I, I find myself saying this a lot this season for all the stick that I give to Darren Maddox. He did well today on that goal. Because I think you've got to take that away now because you don't actually give him stick anymore. So you can't even say it anymore. I think I've kind of come full circle. I'm finding ways that I want. I want to kind of now I want can, to root for the guy. I want to support the guy. He does make it hard sometimes. Though. Now, now you basically are going to go, for all that I praise him, I have to point out these faults. So that you're going to have to go the other way now. I don't know. I don't think he's, he's still not won me over. Uh, if he gets to five goals by the end of May, then I, I think I'll be completely off his back. But she'll probably help him make it a bit lighter for him to run. But what I liked most about that goal was that the reason there was the misunderstanding between Pineda and Leonardo. But Matix did well with a little shoulder charge, and that kind of put Leonardo off. And then when the ball kind of wriggled free, they're kind of like standing, not knowing what's going on. And Matix was quick to react. And as I wrote in my soccer match report tightest at angles I thought it's going to be tough for him to squeeze it home and he squeezed that in well he he mentioned and you're going to listen to this later he mentioned in the in the scrum he basically didn't even look at the net that's what he claimed to he goes a striker should know where the net is exactly and he and he he put it right there I'm surprised to hear that actually because I was in the LA locker room again because there has been many times that I've, I'm convinced he has no idea where the net is well but I guess this time it worked out for him and not knowing where the net was so that was, the, the, we, we, we thought, you know, they had some, and then they, they even did kept some momentum going forward. But yeah, I mean, they, they kept the pressure on. It's like they didn't want to settle for a point, which was good to see. They wanted to go for the three because you know that they have to win their games at home in a, in a league like MLS. And there was another nice little bit of link-up play between Manny and Miller, and Miller just couldn't get that shot off. He was under pressure from one, maybe two LA defenders and hit the shot wide. And the Kofi then, missed his shot too from the top of the box. Yeah, I mean, there was that one. It was just after that that LA made their double substitution, yeah. and they wanted to kind of change things up a bit. And they and brought two basic strikers on essentially too. Yeah, and it, it did shake things up because yeah. Rob Friend came on, and Rob Friend was fantastic for him. And he made an impact because he the the cross that came into the box, he was able to get up high. Essentially, there was no challenge from every anybody. He got in the path of Keane, and Keane struck it right past Osta from in close. It was a, a tight angle as well, but. Uh, World-class striker like Keane is going to finish those chances. Yeah, it was a clinical finish. He took it well. I mean, he risked his health. You know how much he hates this pitch here. And he still did his somersaults. Yeah. Carwheels galore. Yeah, and, and it looked like at that point, again, that the Whitecaps were not going to be able to come back from there because we go finally got a goal. And all of a sudden, they, you know, you, you, a young team like that's going to be going, oh, my God, where are we going to go now? Yeah, we just, I, I, finally I, got back in the game. Well, I thought it was over. And they... The problem I had when it even got to 1-1 is because Robinson had made his three substitutions, and I don't want to criticise him for making the early substitutions because I like to see that. I like to see a coach mix things up early. 
but I didn't feel that we had the right personnel on the pitch for a one-all game at that point mm -hmm. because you're taking Morales off. You had no number 10. Kenny Miller looked gassed. And then you've got Hurtado on. I put this question out on Twitter. Can we credit Eric Hurtado with an assist for that Matic's goal because he completely failed to control and trap the ball that came through that then let the ball run through to Pinedo and Leonardo that then led to the goal? Well... By MLS website, he actually is credited with an assist on that goal. Oh, you're yeah, joking? Is, yeah, no, I'm not. Oh no, Steve's right. He's just he just showed me that on the so, screen. Oh wow, I was being funny there, but so wow, a poor touch by Hurtado picks him, gets him an assist. And right, if, if if that carries on, he could be the assist leader for the rest of the year. And the thing is, even after that goal, he they they kept going through Hurtado, and Hurtado just kept losing the ball oh, over no. and over again. And I was like going. I understand he did something and he's, he's a little bit dangerous, but you just got to get somebody else, uh, go another channel or somewhere else. But eventually, the tying goal came, what, with less than five minutes left? And yeah, Betashore... 86th minute, was it? Yeah, 86th minute. Betashore came up huge. Uh, we have been waiting for this kind of... Uh, yeah, he he, he kind of came into his own today, which was yeah. good to see. Maybe the Iranian World Cup scouts were watching or something. And I think he he got the ball into Darren Maddox. Uh, Darren Maddox controlled the ball at the far side of the box, found Kakuda. He took a little touch and basically just fired it far corner, uh, beat Pinedo again, once again, for a second goal of the game and tied it up 2-2. And another lovely finish from Mane. Certainly not his, his first beautiful finish like that for the Whitecaps, and you know it's certainly not going to be his last as well. We actually had an article that went up on Friday night on AFTN. You should check it out. We spoke to Colorado Rapids' Dylan Powers. And Dylan played with Manny at Austin Aztecs. And he, he was waxing lyrical about the talent that, that Kikuta has and just the special skills that he's got. So you should, should have a read of that. But it was a great finish, great for Manny. And we'll, we'll talk in the second half of the show about what this might mean for future lineups. But... Ended a 2 all draw. Whitecats pushed. I mean, they had a couple of chances. In fact, both teams had chances in stoppage time. But, I mean, it ended at 2 all. The way the game was going, I'm happy with a point. But you kind of have to feel that I think both teams will have ended that game happy to have the point, but disappointed, both of them, that they didn't come away with three. No, I, I agree with you there. But I think uh, overall, if you're going to put the team that's probably more disappointed, it'll be LA. Uh, they seem like they had the game in hand. And they let us slip away in that link. And I think I think they'll be more disappointed. And I think by the way you were talking about the actual dressing room, that they were uh, the sour of the two teams. Some of the players were. Robbie Keane, he wasn't, he wasn't that, that willing to really speak to the media. In fact, he actually... I didn't see this because I was speaking to Rob Friend. Watch for that interview on AFTN next week. So I was doing a one-on-one -on -one with Rob Friend and everyone else was talking to Robbie and apparently he just stormed off and, and left the press conference be, before he, the questions had been finished being asked. So we'll come to that in a sec. But first of all, let's go to the happier of the two dressing rooms, the Whitecaps dressing room. And we're going to hear some audio from Carl Robinson, Darren Mattox, Kenny Miller and the tying goal scorer, Kakuta Mani. <laughs> totally important we got a result today. I think in the, in the last two games we've shown that we can compete with one of the top teams in, in Major League Soccer in LA and a top manager in, in that. So, you know, it was hard, hard work. We made it hard work. I don't think in the first half we had the belief that we could 
go toe to toe with them at home in front of our fans. Uh, I think we were playing safe. Obviously, then I, you know I made a tactical switch to try and inject a little bit of, of life with a kid coming on, Kakuta, uh, who I toyed with the idea of playing with from the start. And maybe me, you know, being a young head coach, thought, is it better to be in the game and then unleash the, the young un? Um, but I made the decision at half time, obviously, with him and obviously Andy. You know, uh, apologies for me being late, but I've just been talking to Andy in there and. Uh, I took Andy off just because I was worried he would get sent off and after being pig sick and losing to Colorado at home when Matty Labba got sent off and he was he was touching the, the dodgy border in relation to picking up his second yellow card, you know, I made the call early this time and obviously placed Andy with Johnny. Are we going to be able to compete straight away? Yeah, I think we showed in the last two weeks we can. You know, it's important we maintain that level as well. And over the last two weeks, I, you know, I'm really proud of the guys in there. Any team that's looking to be, you know, you got to have character. And I think the team did that. So it's really the team you got to give the credit, you know, fantastic um, determination. Work ethic was really good by the team. Did you see your goal? It was a pretty tight angle there. It was God, to be honest. It was all God. And in the 66 minutes, I asked the Lord to deliver me. And in the 67 minutes, I scored. If that's not fate, I don't know what is. Like your speed obviously helped you there. It's a bit of confusion with the, the defender and the goalie. It, I mean, it's a combination of my speed and um, my anticipation. As a striker, you got to anticipate well, for players to mess up, and they did that, you know, and I just capitalized on it. I didn't even look at the goal, to be honest, you know. I mean, as a striker, like, you got to know where the goal is, and it was a very tight angle, to be honest, you know. It, Reminds me of my rookie season back in Toronto. I scored one similar, but I think this is this was more difficult, and I was really grateful to see that went in. I felt we were maybe not quite at it in the first half. Obviously, the boss made a couple of changes in the, at half time to hopefully get us a little bit more impetus and a little bit more forward thinking. And I thought we got back into the game and and deservedly so. And after that, I felt like we were pretty much in control of the game, and there was another. Another sucker punch at the other end where they got the goal. But again, showed great character to come back, a fantastic finish for if we could cut on. I felt again if there was any team going to run it, it was it was going to be us. So yeah, we're happy we got the point after being down twice, but again disappointed I felt we we maybe could have nicked it today. Kenny, after Kakuta's goal, there was some celebrations on the bench, but I noticed you were pulling him by his shirt, trying to drag him back to halftime. Obviously, the result was still not in hand. Is it tough reigning in young players, you know, when there is a moment of excitement like that? Oh, you know, it's a goal and it's got us back into the game, but with five minutes left on the clock, yeah, the result, it's not it's not a draw, but I want to go and win the game. It's, we've still got a chance to go and win it, and I genuinely felt with the, the way we went about it in the second half, we were the team that was looking to go and, go and win the game. They were looking at us in the break, which they pretty much did all day, and uh, they've got good players to do that. Clever players to do that but with five minutes left you want to go and get the win you're in front of your home, own home fans and we've always said if we're going to be successful we need to be kind of putting wins on the board at home I've been uh, uh, doing it all week I mean I've been watching on it uh, on my shots after practice every single day for about five minutes so when Darren got the ball I know um, he was going to try to take the defenders and then uh, just hold up my run at the edge of the box and then he laid, for, uh, laid off for me and the first thing that came to my mind is just strike it uh, on target and then uh, see what happens. So I think uh, hard work pays off. So there was some audio there from the Whitecaps locker room after the game. 
and we'll get to the LA locker room a little bit later on. But let's just let's just talk about a, a couple of the Whitecaps players that I, I want to kind of have a look at their performance today. So the first player I want to talk about is Kenny Miller. Now Kenny played the full ninety today. Like I said just before we heard the locker room audio there, he he looked a little bit gassed to, towards the later stages. Do you think he is contributing enough to? We won't look at his contract thing because everyone is doing that to death again at the moment. But do you think he's contributing enough to actually be starting? I, I think he does. I think I think he provides a little bit more veteran presence on the pitch. I think without him, there were a couple instances where he he calmed things down a little bit. I think even after uh, Kakuta scored, he mentioned that he saw that there was still time left on the clock and he got people going and everything like that. I think you need a little bit of veteran, even if he's not scoring goals or. Uh, being that dynamic, I still think he has something to provide on the pitch. I'm a fan of Kenny, and I think he does contribute a lot on the pitch, but if depending on what formation Carroll's wanting to go with now, and the fact that Manny is coming on and showing form, but he is, he's doing it as a sub, he isn't doing it as starting, but Manny is going to be pushing to, to be a starter, and it's like the Matic scoring. I feel like if Manny plays with Maddox, I feel like it's just too much pace, and I, I think nobody would be there to settle it down to. So I think that's the, that would be my only concern unless Maddox really starts showing even more maturity playing up there. And, and then maybe that would be able... Because Manny right now is just a go-go-go kind of player and he, sometimes you don't want that all the time. I mean, one of the problems I have with this current Whitecaps team is I, I look around the squad and I don't see a regular, consistent goal scorer. A guy that you've got faith is going to get a goal once every two games... I mean, you, you've got a, like this McInerney in the league that can do that. There's You've got Robbie Keane. If he goes a game without getting a goal, you kind of think he's going to get one the next game. Every team seems to have Will a guy. Bruin. Will Bruin. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every team seems to have a guy that you can look at and think, yeah, if he doesn't score this week, he's going to score next week or the week after. And I'm not really sure that the Whitecaps have that guy. And I think that is something that they need to go out and address. I think the one thing they lack is the guy that can create his own shot. A lot of these guys rely on pace and hustle, but well, yeah, Miller, Miller's always been a poacher, and he kind of feeds off the scraps, and that's yeah. what that's what's made him his career. And it's every team needs to have a guy like that as well. But yeah, they need a guy that's going to create his own chance. So basically, create somebody that can create space for themselves. Who's when he's marked one on one, create Manny that little could opening. Be that guy. Yeah, he's the one that could be that guy. But then, like you said, who do you take off? Do you take off like Maddox has now scored two goals in three games. Um, Miller. I think he leads the team in scoring, but most of them from the from the spot. Yeah. So, but I I think a good ro- if they can do a good rotation and keep everybody somewhat happy, I think that that might be the best way to do. Maybe Miller comes off the bench on road games, and but he plays at home and starts at home. So maybe kind of do something like that. Well, I mean, Miller did say during the week that he doesn't really want to to be coming off the bench, and that it's difficult for a player that isn't starting. And, of course, another player that made that comment during the week was Nigel Rio Coker. And Nigel, not even on the field for a minute in the last two games. Yeah, and uh, it was quite surprising. Apparently, uh, I wasn't at training on uh, on a Friday, but, and neither were you, but we heard from a lot of people that he was very upset leaving the field. And Yeah, that, that was the, the feedback we got from a, a couple of, of media people that were there. And... I mean, one, one thing that Kyle Robinson has made very clear from early on is he will not put up with any attitude in the dressing room. Yeah. Omar Salgado showed it. He's in Charleston now. Yeah. Nigel, 
may or may not be showing it. How he responds at training next week's going to be a, a fascinating thing to watch, just what his whole demeanour and body language is like. He was very animated on, on Friday, which is, is the other feedback that, that we had. And it's how he copes with this and how he responds to this. But ultimately, you can't have a $400,000 player sitting on the bench, not even coming on as a sub. He's not going to be happy about that. The Whitecaps can't afford to have that. And I, I talked earlier about possibly Real Coker as a guy that might get traded in the summer. I'm thinking that trade might even come before that now. Yeah, well, they've traded any time. The, the MLS doesn't have this fall into the same transfer rules that the rest of the world does within the league itself. And I, I was having an email discussion with a guy out east about that today. And I was saying what I'd like to see is Real Coker traded for a striker, a proven goal scorer, maybe even a tall hitman. But what he came back and said is there's not really a lot of teams that's needing a player like Rio Coker that has also a striker yeah. to give up. I, I would think that you would probably do a thing where you could trade some uh, Rio Coker for some assets and try to turn those assets around or something like that into with that striker. I don't think a one-for-one one is going to happen, but there might be some opportunity there. And the one thing about Robinson too, when he when he does take these players off, he's very honest with them. And he and the thing is, Rio Coker, if he's not able to take that honesty, then it might be time for the ship off. Like he, Robinson mentioned in, in his post game press conference that the, he was late for late for it because he was talking to Andy O'Brien and explaining. Obviously, Andy O'Brien is up would be upset to be taken off at halftime. Every professional player is, who, who especially a center back who rarely ever gets substituted. So he does talk to these guys, and he's honest with them. And if if a guy like Rio Coker is not able to take that, then it could be time to move on for him. Definitely, and it's like I, I like that from Robinson. He he isn't afraid to to just face up to the, the issues in the squad and speak to them about it. And that is what was lacking, I think, under under Rennie. There's a lot of players that were maybe left to stew about some of the decisions. But it's good to see Robinson tackling that head on. And I think the last Whitecaps player that we'll mention just in this section, Pedro Morales. Yeah. I thought he was awful today. And I I'd tweeted out that I thought I was going to give him 10 more minutes. I said maybe even five, and that was pretty much what happened when he got taken off. Although I did think that they would have replaced him with Mosquito, because I thought bringing Mosquito on, he's going to be hungry, he plays the same role, he's looked good when he's come on, and I thought he would be keen to have something to prove, but instead they went for Hurtado. But... Morales, is it this niggling back injury that, that's affecting him? Or is he going to be just one of these players that we just see in flashes and he's going to go a couple of games where he's just not very good? It seems like he, he is on that kind of rotation where he has one good game, two average games, or maybe a poor game mixed in there too, and then comes back with a good game as well. It, 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 I guess he's, he's a player, the first game kind of spoiled every, everybody with that, and the Houston game as well. This guy maybe need more time too because he is coming from Europe, and any newcomer does have need time. Even Diego Valeri had moments last year where he did not play as well. So maybe this is just a kind of a working in process. He's still getting used to turf and travel and stuff like that. So this is maybe a guy we need a little give a little bit more patience to, and, and I, it maybe come with time. He does have this back problem, and as somebody that suffered back problems myself for the last sort of three four years, I I know like just what a crippler it can be and just when your back goes you're you're just not just not yourself so we'll see just as it stands just now 
we need more out of him. And I don't really like to keep bringing salaries into it, but when you see what he's earning and the, the, the team's biggest earner, we just need more out of him. But that, that's enough about the Whitecaps for now. Um, Steve will discuss more about the game and some of the Whitecaps players and what it means to the future in Friday's pre-game show. Let's turn our attention now to LA and head to the LA locker room. So we'll hear from Bruce Arena. We'll also hear from Omar Gonzalez, Dan Gargan, Rob Friend, and not so happy, Robbie Keane. I'm, I'm disappointed in that. I, I would have liked to have had three points today, and uh, uh, we didn't. Obviously, didn't do a good job protecting the lead. Just a mistake, you know, a mistake in communication. And, and uh, you know, we we know on the surface you have to be smart. The ball's spinning and skipping. You just got to be safe and, and and put the ball up the field or out of play. Are you looking forward to playing some different teams now for the next few weeks? Are we allowed to? I don't even. Are we allowed to play other teams in the league? It'll be nice at some point. Yeah. I thought that we should have left here with three points. Uh, I think we were better most of the night. Uh, we had some good spells of controlling the ball, keeping possession, and, and uh, you know, I think we could have been a little bit better uh, to keep the lead both times. And uh, you know, you you have to give it to Vancouver for for continuing to fight at home and and uh, earning the point. Yeah, you know, you know, sometimes you need a little bit of luck, and and Vancouver had some of that luck tonight. And um, you know, we didn't lose, so that's a good thing. And so we take this point on the road. We, we knew that it was never going to be easy coming here. And, uh, we, you know, we pulled our heads up high and realized that we could have done better. And then we focus on making sure it doesn't happen again. Uh, yeah, it's definitely frustrating. I think um, <clears throat> we had the game, it uh, felt like in hand uh, twice. I thought we were uh, pretty comfortable with our possession and um, still, you know, attacking with numbers and, and moving the ball around well. And um, you know, I think a bit unlucky on the first goal and second goal is uh, you know there's a bit of a scramble and he put a well-placed shot in. So it's <clears throat> it's tough to walk out of here with three points. I thought or without three points, I, I thought that um, you know, we certainly did well enough to to walk out with a win. You know, that's my bread and butter, uh, yeah. headers. Uh, you know, I'd love to get that one back. Um, you know, it was, it was tough. I needed to go far post on that header, but, uh, you know, I had an assist. Maybe I couldn't have had, I had another assist. Um, you know, for 20 minutes, uh, um, you know, personally, uh, you know, I was satisfied, but obviously, uh, you know, letting, letting the win get away from us is disappointing. You know, we, we had five minutes left to, to just kill the game and, and uh, we need to be a little bit smarter, so it's a bit unfortunate. Can you see, boy, how does it feel to be back playing in Vancouver? Fantastic. I love this city. Uh, you know, I had, uh, I had about 25 people, family and friends here, so saw them all after the game and, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's fun to be back. I've enjoyed the 24 hours so far. How close did you come to, to signing with the Whitecaps last year? Uh, very close. I had close, so close that I had my flight booked uh, on the Wednesday, and I ended up signing for the German club on the Monday. Uh, you know, that, that's the business of soccer. Um, you know, it was, uh, I, I wanted to come back and my, bring my family back, but sometimes uh, different circumstances came, arise, and, uh, you know, I had to uh, make a final decision, and I decided to stay one more year in Germany, and uh, 
um, you know, that's that's the business of the sport, and uh, you know, no one can be bitter about that. And uh, you know, you never know down, down the road. Can't go two goals up away from home against a good team and concede goals away after four goals. First goals, very very sloppy. Have a couple of weeks break now, and then we uh, go over this and. Uh, feels like a loss to them as well. Is it nice to have one over on your uh, pal Carl Robinson with goals in back-to-back games? No, nah, I don't care. How do you think the pitch was today? Same as always. And that is? Average. So was some audio there from the LA locker room. A little bit more upbeat than I thought they might have been after a 2 all draw. But, I, but as I said, I think both teams happy with a point as well as being disappointed that, that they didn't get the three. Everybody accepted Robbie Keane, obviously. True. So but before we, we wrap up this episode of There's Still Time, Steve, let's just have a little bit of a residency update. Yeah, the residency played today. The U18s played the Washington Crossfire. Um, a very entertaining game. The, the the first player you have to mention right off the bat was Sam Adekugbe. He was just all over the Crossfire players. It was not even fair. They, they could have easily contested to USDA to get this guy off the pitch because it... This guy was just like all over the place, inside the box, outside the box, in and out of players. It was just unbelievable. They could have easily been up three or four goals. They, it took two late goals, one by Keon's Froze, one by Marco Bustos, and they basically won 2 nothing. Um, I had to leave at that point because obviously the Galaxy game was coming up, so I wasn't able to watch the uh, U16s play, but they, they lost 4-1. Essentially, it was a 2-1 game. Uh, there were two late goals because they were really pushing forward from what we heard. And they were down to 10 men. Down to 10 men. Aidan Aylward was sent off. Yeah, it was a red card because he bumped, apparently bumped into a he, He's the goalkeeper, we should point out. Yeah. And so it, was a, it ended up being a 4-1 win for the crossfire. But overall, you know, a win, draw, and a, a, a loss for the Whitecaps on this day. So not a bad day at the office, and Dario Zanetta getting the, the goal that had levelled it at 1-0 for the Whitecaps. So there's one final residency game to come this season, one final home game, and that is on May 17th against Salt Lake, so we'll, we'll promote that near the time and hopefully we can get some guys out to see that. And there is no Whitecaps game that week at all, so it should be should be a good showing that week, hopefully. So hopefully we can get some of the Curva Collective and Southsiders guys out and uh, support in the future, because it's definitely worth getting out for. Last thing I want to say for this episode is the Provincial Cup quarterfinals are on next weekend. Whitecaps are away from home. Games on Friday, Saturday and Sunday in the A Cup, B Cup, as well as the Masters Under-21 and Women's. And Double D Cup. I I keep hoping for a Double D Cup because I think that would maybe get me out to cover some more women's games anyway. So check the BC Soccer site. AFTN will be there as well. We're hoping to take in maybe... Three of the, the quarterfinals in each of the A and the B Cups, but we'll, we'll see what we can do. And check out our footage that we had from the first round match as well, lots of videos. But that's all for this week, another post-game podcast from us. There's not going to be a midweek podcast this week, just too many things going on. So until next time, I've been Michael McCall, you can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. And I'm Steve Pander, you can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And read all our stuff, AFTN on Canadian Soccer News, AFTN.ca, CanadianSoccerNews.com. And also watch out for my Whitecaps coverage on Soccerly.com. So two all draw for the Whitecaps today. One point's better than nothing, and it kind of stopped the two-game losing streak that they were on. So hopefully they can build on that. Tough game coming up against Salt Lake next week. And they've got San Jose coming for the big 40th anniversary celebrations. Steve will be back with the preview podcast at the end of the week, so listen out for that. 
So until next time, thanks for listening. Take care and mourn the caps. One day I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine.